Hi, Matthew, and uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name's Iggy Tan. I'm the managing director of a company called Alltech Chemicals, which is listed on the uh, ASX. And we've got two exciting projects. One is a high-purity alumina project, Matthew, which is uh, takes kaolin out of Australia, ships it to Malaysia, and we convert it through a chemical process to make high-purity alumina. And high-purity alumina is used in LEDs as well as lithium-ion batteries. The other project that we are, we are doing, which is very exciting, is the coating of the high-purity alumina material uh, on graphite and silicon, which we are incorporating as a, a silicon graphite anode. Uh, very exciting stuff because the lithium-ion battery is looking for extra energy density in the lithium batteries. And we have been successful at uh, using the uh, alumina coating process to incorporate silicon in graphite anodes. Very exciting project as well. That's based in uh, Saxony, Germany. Iggy, good to have you on board. Um, a, a, you, you've, got a, you've got a couple of things going on there, and we're going to try and break those down for people. But um, can we start with you? What's your story? What's your background? Uh, I am a process engineer and uh, been involved in the mining industry for the last 30-odd years. I, I guess uh, I was one of the trailblazers in the lithium industry. I was the uh, managing director of Galaxy Resources uh, in Lithium One, and uh, we managed to uh, uh, raise the funds and build the Mount Catlin Spodgmi project, as well as the uh, Jiangsu Lithium Carbonate Plant. Uh, and we acquired all the assets of uh, Lithium One, uh, and recently Galaxy merged with Oro Cobra for uh, around two and a half billion dollars. So at the time we started was a market cap of 30 million, uh, and um, we're, we're early stage of the lithium uh, industry. And I guess uh, high purity alumina is a very similar thematic uh, on uh, future demand of uh, the material. It is, it is indeed. Um, can you tell us what you actually set out to try to do day one? I kind of, with, with that kind of history, it kind of informs a little bit about your, your experience uh, capabilities. But what was the plan for this company? Yeah, so essentially high-purity alumina is being manufactured today. And uh, what we have is a uh, disruptive process because currently they – they use uh, aluminium metal as the feedstock to make high-purity alumina. And uh, aluminium metal is a very expensive material. And uh, what we are doing is essentially using kaolin as the feedstock. Uh, we own the tenements in Australia, so it's just the cost of extraction. And by using this process, we essentially can make the same material at uh, a half or third of the cost. Highly disruptive process and uh, really um, there is a lot of demand for high purity alumina. We can do it at a third of the cost. So, what you started? Did, you, did this start off as a, a mining project and move down into chemicals? Because you know, it's obviously the multiples are, are, are greater down there, or, or was it the other way around? A case of just kind of securing your own feedstock? Uh, well, it's, it was always a chemical project. Uh, it happens to have a uh, feedstock that is mined, but the kaolin is very simply mined with just free dig. Uh, there's no drill and blast. We've got about 250 years of mine life material in, in Western Australia. Uh, and essentially, it's a feedstock for a chemical plant. The whole capex of the project is around 300 million US. And we're about halfway through the financing of this project. 
Right. So, if, and if I, if we look at the, um, the two product lines or two revenue streams that you, you mentioned at the, uh, at the beginning is, um, I guess people are more excited or seem to be focusing in on the, um, the graphite and silicon anode, uh, side of things. Cause that seems to be, well, you, you, na- you name dropped Tesla in, the, in your presentation a few times in terms of what it can do for their batteries. Um, is that getting, is, I'm sorry, am I right? Is that, that seems to be where people are focusing in your mind? Uh, there is obviously a lot of uh, interest in the downstream side of the the, the the second project, and essentially, Matthew, the the industry and and I guess Tesla or Elon Musk has said that in order for the uh, lithium battery to get to its next level of costs, um, they really need to incorporate silicon, a metallurgical silicon, in the anode part of the battery. And um, but there's a big problem in that um, silicon expands about 300% in volume and fractures, and it also has a very uh, large first cycle loss, which means it grabs about 50% of the lithium in the battery and makes it inactive. So the industry has been trying to resolve this two problems uh, to incorporate silicon in the anode. Now silicon has 10 times the energy capacity than graphite, so. From a layman's point of view, there are 10 times more sites that the lithium can sit on. So it's a very promising anode material, but today there's no uh, metallurgical silicon in commercial lithium batteries because of those two problems. So how, so how much value do you attribute at the moment to that component? I mean, the, the market's obviously valuing, what, 125 million uh, Aussie um, at, the, at the moment. Um, you've got a well, I'm sure we'll get onto it. You've got a view about what the market could be, but h- how do you how do you value both of, both of those revenue streams? Well, we obviously got two projects, and the the high purity alumina project. It's I guess uh, in through its funding process, we've got senior loan out of uh, a German bank called KFW Ipex Bank, and we're cur- currently going through the uh, green bond process uh, to finalise the project finance. Now, obviously, COVID doesn't help, and sort of that's uh, taking a bit of time. But the market's interested in the downstream side uh, where we recently announced that we actually cracked the silicon code. We actually solved the problem, the, the two problems of uh, expansion and first cycle loss by coating silicon with high purity alumina coatings. So we are able to coat that with a very thin layer, about two nanometers layer of alumina around the silicon. And that seems to... Um, man- manage the, uh, the the fracturing process as well as the first cycle loss. And we recently announced uh, a 30% increase in energy density uh, in lithium-ion batteries from, from our laboratory in, in Australia. So we have managed to produce lithium-ion batteries with 30% energy increase. And we are looking to, to go beyond that just using high purity alumina coating technology. Okay, right. So, so I want to I really understand this. So um, at the moment, obviously, the high, uh, high purity alumina is further advanced. So let, let's let's start with that. So um, that's a, well, it's, I'm assuming it's a more relatively simple technological uh, process. It's you've, you've got 250 years worth of feed for that. You're, you're yeah. talking about building plants in uh, Europe into the European ecosystem. So can you just let me know, tell me where you're at with that whole that whole process? You talk about funding, yeah. so, green, green bonds, et cetera. Yeah. yeah, so the Malaysian project is 
Um, it's we finished the bankable feasibility study. We we've got a lump sum fixed price contract from SMS Group. We've got an offtake with Mitsubishi. Uh, so that's quite well advanced, and we're now in the final stages of trying to get the uh, project financed. So that's running along as as it is. Uh, but meanwhile, as you said, we're taking the application of HPA and going downstream. And now we've got a, a, another project essentially uh, of coating, using the HPA to coat graphite and silicon and going downstream closer to the lithium ion battery end and closer to the electric vehicle end. And we have positioned that downstream plan uh, in Saxony, Germany, targeting the growth of uh, EVs in Europe, as, as you would know, uh, Europe, a lot of the European car manufacturers have gone uh, all electric by 2030, uh, and all driven by EU regulations. And we're there to meet that demand. So essentially getting uh, higher and higher energy uh, lithium-ion batteries to service that market. Right. So, just just on the on the what was the Malaysian project, but you know, um, in terms of um, the whole the whole that HPA um, piece, um, you've got so what funding in place, and and you're waiting for green bonds, and I appreciate it may be delayed by um, COVID restrictions, but where where are you with with that project? I, when does that move into a, a state where you 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 built the facilities and you can get into production? What's that timeline look like? Yeah, so the, 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 use, the amount of funds that we're after is 400 million US. 190 million of that is through a, uh, a senior loan from KFW IPEX Bank. Uh, 100 million of green bonds, we're in the process of now uh, going through the green bond process. Now, the reason it's a green uh, bond process is because the HPA project in Johor is actually been accredited as a green project. Uh, it actually produces uh, 49% less greenhouse gases to make that same ton of HPA. And we've been accredited by Cicero out of uh, Norway. Uh, and we are, so we're going through that green bond process. And then we're looking for about 100 million of equity. So that whole process is, is running. And we think in the, you know, the next six months, we'll, we'll uh, finalize that whole uh, project finance part. Okay. And who, who issues these green bonds or who's, where are you getting that from? The, the green bonds are essentially uh, to the market. So they are listed green bonds and uh, they are smaller family offices, funds and so on. Um, and, um, you know, as you know, there's a lot of money uh, looking for green projects or, or climate change projects. And there's a lot of interest in, in that. And, okay, um, and with regards to... And it will we'll know more over the next few months or so. Um, and Mitsubishi, the 100% offtake for for what precisely? Uh, so the plant is designed for four and a half thousand tons per annum of high purity alumina. And Mitsubishi have the, the offtake for all of that. So we have one customer. Uh, Mitsubishi will buy that product and then they will sell it to their customers. Uh, they have customers in the lithium ion battery industry. LEDs, etc. So high purity alumina is used in substrates for LEDs, uh, as well as uh, coatings in lithium ion batteries. Right. And so you, with that 100% offtake, what, what are the economics around that look? Because it, it, come, it comes back to this thing getting financed, because it, it, like I say, it seems fairly simple process, but you need 400 million bucks uh, with 100% offtake. That's your job's been made a lot easier. A question of, it was a question of terms, really. There. So um, can you... 
Yeah. So, so, so can you, again, can you just sort of give me the idea of the economics there? Yeah, the economics of the project is very attractive. So we have an NPV of uh, half a billion US dollars. Um, we have a, it generates around 76 million EBITDA at its uh, full run rate, uh, US dollars. Uh, and the return is just under four years. So very large returns. Uh, the gross margin of the product is around uh, 68% gross margin. Our cost of production is around $8.50 a kilo. Uh, and in our long-term price, we're using something around $26, $27 a kilo. So high, high margins. And the reason for the high margins, as you remember, Matthew, I said, we are a disruptive process. So we're the first process in the world where you, we use kaolin as a feedstock rather than the very expensive aluminium metal as the feedstock. And for us, kaolin, we own the deposit. It's only really the cost of extraction right. as the feedstock. So, okay, disruptive um, is, is great for some, for some sectors, but as an ex-banker, I'm like disruptive, you know, also slightly makes me nervous because it's not a well-trodden path. So um, there's, there's a slight risk component allocated to that, as is anything with a return over three years for, for, for bankers. So um, those, those, are those things um, causing the delay on the financing, or is it just a case of um, you needing to reassure uh, the, the potential funders that not only has Mitsubishi signed this off, and but they've also done proper due diligence on the technology? Yeah, so good, good point about the risk. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of projects, there's always technical risk. And um, because the uh, we've been funded by KFW IPEX Bank and, and part of that 190 million is ECA cover, uh, export credit finance cover, essentially the German government uh, is underwriting the project. So we have nearly 18 months of due diligence on the project, on the technical side, legal side, uh, environmental and safety side, all completed to get that ECA funding. Now, on the on the technical side, which is your uh, your question, is we managed it by teaming up with a very large uh, German engineering group called SMS, and they essentially will give us a lump sum fixed price contract with guarantees of the throughput as well as the quality of the material. So they will guarantee the, the, the lump sum price and they'll take the risk on any cost blowouts, uh, but also guarantee the throughput at four and a half thousand tons per annum and also the, the quality of the Mitsubishi requirements. Now, the reason they can do that is because they also have been working on this process independent to us and they're very confident that the process works. They, they provide all the guarantees and that's why uh, the risk is um, uh, managed that way. Right. And, and we know the SMS group. I think they, they work with another Aussie, uh, Perth-based Aussie group called Near Metals. And so solid group, as you say, um, and that that agreement is comforting. Let me put it, put it like that. Yeah. With regards to um, what would need to happen in the marketplace, obviously, Commodities across the world, but certainly anything connected with battery metals, I've, I've seen fantastic uh, rises in prices, but not necessarily a, a, a correlating rise in the equities of companies dealing with those commodities. So, um, what, what's your view on what's happening in the KLN space? We've, 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 we've spoken to a couple of companies um, who are talking about innovative uh, uses um, and intellectual property being applied to it. So, is, is it 
there's a lot of it. You've got a lot of it. Is it will prices remain the same? It's just a question of what you do with it downstream. Well, it, it, essentially for that project, we're very focused now on finishing the funding. Obviously, with COVID, the, the funding process has slowed. Uh, and also the company has decided to de-risk the project on the Greenfield site. So we, we have a site in Johor uh, and the company decided to raise uh, close to 30 to 40 million and start the construction process ahead of getting all the finance in place. Now, the reason for that is that often when finance comes uh, available, there's always a delay on environmental permits, uh, operating license, construction permits, and getting onto the ground and understanding the, the site conditions as well. So we, we have gone ahead on that and raised the money and started the construction in Johor. So we have all the environmental permits and we've completed stage one and stage two of construction, which means a very large, we've cleared the site, we've compacted the ground, we've built a very large maintenance building and substation. And so we know the contract conditions, we know the ground conditions, uh, and essentially de-risk a, a greenfield site. So the project at the moment is on hold, waiting for the final finance to come in place. Going and spending 30, 40 million bucks ahead of getting finance in place is, is either pretty brave or, or, or pretty pretty stupid. I, I guess any, any time will tell. But it also says to me the degree of confidence you have over the financing. So in, you talked earlier about six months or so, you, you feel that you will have that buttoned down and be able to talk to the market or sometime, sometime within six months? Well, that's what we're aiming for. I mean, obviously, uh, the situation with the, the COVID is uh, still an unknown, but uh, we have a lot of interest uh, in the project from the green bond side, uh, and we're talking a lot uh, to potential joint venture customers. So, yes, it's a confidence thing, um, um, going ahead and, and starting acquiring the land and, and building the project. Uh, but we're confident with the project. Uh, and what, what the main message to the market is that we are, we're, we're project builders. I've, I've built projects before from scratch, uh, and it's just maintaining momentum okay so it seems like this this is the this is the uh, the fundamental side of, of of the business um the silicon component being the slightly sexier side of the business so with an mpv of you know over half a bill mpv 7.5 at that uh of half over a half a billion uh you're not getting much um value for that you're not you're not being accredited with much value for that what are people missing um, I, I guess the uh, the funding process is sort of uh, taking a, uh, a while, so that I guess we are uh, being marked down from that. Uh, but meanwhile, we, as I mentioned, we we then move to another project, which is taking that HPA and then going downstream, because essentially HPA is a commodity, uh, and what we want to do is get closer to the uh, end customer and into the lithium battery as well as the electric vehicle. Uh, really going down and value adding that that material and that coding technology. Okay, so the the so the, the, the big um, claim here, and we're going to get into validating it, which is that you um, will you know reduce the cost of the kilowatt hour of battery production, right? That's that's a, that's a big deal, right? You you base simple terms, people can drive further with their electric cars because you, you, they re yeah. retains the energy. Okay, um, so. Tell, tell us about, you, you talked about you cr cracked the code, which was a big thing. Who else thinks you've cracked the code? Who else has tested what you're saying? Okay, so 
Um, as I mentioned, then, then this has been a problem to solve uh, by the battery industry. How do you get metallurgical silicon into the graphite part of the anode and not let it expand and, and fracture that part of the battery? Because if you can solve that, you have 10 times more energy density you're adding onto the, the, uh, the anode side. Um, and a lot of um, companies are, are trying to resolve it. Some people, I think uh, Tesla are using polymer coatings uh, and, and so on and, and various, uh, but a lot of people also trying nanosilicon, very uh, small particles of silicon or nanotubes or nanowire type silicon. The problem with those things, yes, it does work, but it's very expensive. What we want to do is uh, go to a very commercial uh, solution for it and there is a lot of research around that shows that alumina coating or high purity alumina coating uh, resolves the first cycle loss as well as the uh, the fracturing problem. So, so there's a lot of research that is around. What we're doing that's different is taking a lot of that research and commercializing it. And we have our own lab and using that high purity alumina, we managed to coat silicon and graphite, put it together, and produce a 30% high energy battery because of the silicon in the anode part. And this is only our first phase. We're now uh, looking at beyond 30%. Now, rather than just leaving it as a research uh, project, we are very focused in commercializing it uh, as we go in that research process. So we have, again, you probably think it's very bold, but we have acquired a land in Saxony, Germany, and we started the pre-feasibility study for this silicon graphite uh, battery plant. Uh, so we're, as we're running the, finalizing the research, we're also uh, in a process of finalizing a pre-feasibility study for a 10,000 ton per annum uh, battery materials plant. So taking silicon, coating it with uh, high-purity alumina, taking graphite, coating with high-purity alumina, and putting it together into a product. Uh, and the product we have called uh, Silumina Anodes, uh, SI from the silicon and the alumina and graphite together as Silumina Anodes. Uh, very exciting technology. This is really game-changing. Um, and and we, we can essentially crack the, the silicon code. But the most important thing is, how do we commercialize that and getting into the, the end markets? We have two uh, NDAs with uh, uh, two German automakers and also one NDA with a, a battery maker in Europe. Uh, obviously, a very, they're all very interested in the, uh, the potential of making a lithium-ion battery with 30% more energy density. Absolutely, as they, as, as they should be. It's, 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 it's the, as I say, the code that people want to want to crack and, and the commercialization is, is, the, is the key to this. So it's it's early stage for you. It's lab, but you're, you've, you you want to do the PFS in Saxony, Germany. Um, so you, 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 you're kind of running ahead there. So the question was, who else has confirmed what you say about cracking the code? And the question is, well, there's some people looking at it, but no, no one's going to confirm what you're saying. So, uh, what, what are the what are the barriers for for you? Because this is the sexy end of it, right? You know, people are getting excited about what you what you're talking about here. It would be a brilliant problem to solve. There are other people doing other things. So, t um, obviously, um, Tesla with the polymer and other people with nano using that nanotubes, etc. So, there's no sort of technology that's been 
standardized or agreed, agreed across the industry per se. And there'll probably be lots of different solutions to crack this problem. And, you know, for you, commercializing, quite rightly, is, is, is the target. So how do you feel that you insert yourself into the, into the space? You know, you yeah, good question. Yeah. So what, what we need to do is uh, produce a product that can be tested in their long-term uh, tests of these battery makers and EV cards. And to do that, we need to build a, a pilot plant. And so uh, recently we raised 10.2 million um, and we have allocated some of that money to build a pilot plant in Saxony, Germany. So next to our land in the, in the Schwarzerpumpe area of, of Germany, there is a, a facility where we've leased out two bays and uh, we, have, uh, we will build a pilot plant there. So about 137,000 kilogram size pilot plant uh, and uh, essentially uh, to produce material that can then go into the qualification process. So you are right, Matthew, we need to get material that can be tested in the electric vehicle or the lithium ion battery. So we, we need to produce that. Right. So, and, and that, that move from sort of, as you say, from, from, from lab to pilot plants, you know, um, in terms of that's the, vo the volume of a product that can be put out there is, is really, really important to you. Um, you get two automotives and a battery uh, maker manufacturer look, looking at this. Now, what are the questions that they're asking you? What are they testing? What do they need to know that your product does over and above what you've stated already? Yeah, so essentially what they want to know is that they, they can get that material, that's alumina anode material, which is silicon graphite material, put it in their batteries and do long-term testing so that uh, that extra energy density doesn't disappear in 10 cycles. It, it's, it's consistent over, uh, you know, 500,000 cycles. So that's the long-term application. And that's why you need a pilot plant to produce material, not just from a lab, uh, and that then will go through their qualification process. Right, but, but I'm trying. I'm trying to dig down into. They will be testing other stuff too, right? That that for, for, for sure. That's what they need to do. They need to find the best solution for, for them. So, is it? Will it simply come down to broadly the, the, the same um, functionality, um, but cost cost will be the deciding factor. Um, or is it going to be something else? You know, how, how do you differentiate yourself from the rest if you, if 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 you sort of broadly achieving the same sort of you know kilowatt hour type um, solution? Yeah, well, at, at the moment there is. Uh, we believe that we are the first uh, of of in in the world that is uh, you know announcing that we've got this material, and obviously at the cost that the uh, battery makers expect. So. Um, it is a race, and I guess we're, we, we think we're at the front of the, the pack, uh, and we need to get this battery plant built, uh, there's the pilot plant built and commercialised. Uh, so we don't know that uh, at this stage that anyone that's announced uh, the success of incorporating silicon in, in uh, graphite anodes. Right, and are you suffering from the same perception um, as the HBA project in terms of getting the funds you need to be able to get this PFS and the, and the pilot plant done. I know you talked about 10.2 million bucks, but do you need to raise more money for that to get that over the line? The pilot, we have enough money for the pilot plant. Um, the, the pilot plant is, uh, uh, I think, around 6 million uh, Aussie dollars. 
Uh, we, so we've pretty well uh, covered that. Uh, we have the sites uh, available. We, uh, we have completed the pilot plan design. Uh, and uh, we are now looking to, uh, for an engineering company to start to do the basic engineering design, procure and then start building it. So uh, we, have, we are probably running on quite, uh, quite a few fronts. So you can say, finally, keep going with the research and development, uh, the PFS, which is uh, the, the, the bigger plan, and also the pilot plan where we're running on that front as well. So, um, and as comes back to the same question, uh, it's, it's the degree of confidence uh, and getting that end product to the market to be tested. Right. And, and can you give us a sense of, again, timeline? Because investors are going to be looking at this and, well, how, how long is this thing um, going, going to take? Because, you know, NDAs are, they, they are what they are, right? But to commercialize things, you've got to go through a, a series of um, agreements to get to the point where people can actually go, well, we know what you're going to make from this. We, we understand the, the, the term of a contract, the, the margins that you're going to make, um, you know, and, and, and how you expand this thing out and deliver even more scale. So can you give us an idea of what that, what that looks like, that road ahead looks like? Well, yeah, so the, the pilot plan, from just basic design and ordering, as you know, with COVID around, that could take, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months to, to get it up and running. And then you've got operations that, you know, maybe another 12 months to keep running and get delivering consistent product. So that, that runs on its own. The PFS, I think we should be able to finish that within the next six months. And essentially, most of the work's already finished. We're just waiting for the lab to finalise a lot of the, the energy density. We want higher and higher energy density before we finalise that PFS. Um, and, and so then that will then allow us to go into a, a, a DFS or final investment decision. And for that, really, we need an offtake uh, from one of these major players. And, and so that's why the, the pilot plan material will feed into it and there will be interest from that and we will then sign an offtake. And that becomes the, uh, the final investment decision study. And with with um, obviously for automotive uh, manufacturers, the for, for, sorry for, for bat, battery cars, uh, electric cars, it, the 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 thing that people look at is obviously the 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 distance that a, a battery um, you know can travel without needing to be recharged. You're talking, and as I noticed a, a sort of chart in, your, in in the PowerPoint, which kind of just sums up the problem you're solving, which is always comes back because you know, some companies get lost and they. In the, in the technical, and they get very excited about what they're able to do. But in, in, in a meaningful way, that's kind of just admin. It, this, the problem is what we should be looking at, investors should be looking at. You've talked about, you know, taking a Tesla 3, uh, mo mo sorry, a Tesla Model 3 car from 423 kilometer uh, up to potentially just shy of 1,200 kilometers with the addition of 30% silicon in, in that case. For, for automotive manufacturers, there's real value to that. So does can that be reflected in the way that you set up your contracts? Because if you're if you're solving a problem which will allow them to sell more cars, it won't necessarily just be based on your uh, your, your cost base, but in terms of the, the the problem you're solving, there's some value to that as well. So how, how do you go about negotiating conversations? How, you know, what do those conversations look like? And obviously, early days, that's going to be. Quite, quite nice conversation to have. Whereas eventually, when 
you know, all manufacturers are able to do this, it's perhaps less so. So what do those conversations look like today? So just to give you an example, uh, graphite in anode uh, runs at about um, 300 milliamps per gram per hour. So that's just the, the energy density for, for uh, graphite anodes. If you add 10% silicon and you can resolve that problem, the energy density virtually doubles. So it'll go from 300 milliamps per gram per hour to 600 milliamps per gram, just from 10% of silicon in that anode and you resolve the fracturing problem and the first cycle loss. That shows you the potential uh, here in solving that problem. So, um, so our 30% increase is only the first stage, right? We, if you can incorporate the full 10% of that, uh, you already double the energy density for the battery. As you say, if you add 30% and you resolve that, that's nearly four times the energy density. Now, what is that for a car manufacturer? Um, currently, um, a battery would say do about 500 kilometers before you need a charge again. Well, they don't need to give you three times the, the distance. It's a bit like your, uh, your iPhone. You always go home and you always plug it in. What they can do then is reduce the size of the battery. So they can bring the size of the battery right down and still give you that 500 kilometers a day uh, to charge. Uh, but think about the size of the battery, all the materials and the weight of the battery. So that suddenly takes the cost of lithium ion batteries in electric vehicle to another stage. And that's what Tesla is saying, to, to get to the next stage, we need a revolution in the battery. If you think about the lithium-ion battery uh, over the last decade, is it really only uh, changed by ten percent? You know, improved in ten percent in in, uh, in in design. To get the next step change, uh, everybody's trying to get that metallurgical silicon in the anode side. A lot of the work has been done on the cathode, uh, but now people are now looking at the anode side and. So that's why we think it's such an exciting project. And I guess the market is also thinking it's an exciting project uh, because it's game changing. So, you know, they, they might be thinking, well, that's, you know, that's a, a better way to focus going forward. But, you know, we're working on both projects at the moment. Yes, it's, it's, it's a very interesting. We just said it's kind of like Intel, and, <clears throat> Intel inside in, in, in a way you, you, you kind of, where they were sort of, Double the capacity every eighteen months. You guys need to work on work on that. Hmm, that's interesting. I like that. Um, well, look, um, Iggy, look, just wanted a quick run through, sort of understand a little bit more about what, what you're trying to do. Um, you've laid it out beautifully. Uh, interesting, interesting story. Um, obviously, the Aussie market, like everywhere else, struggling a little bit at the moment with sentiment. Um, but you're cracking on with um, the capital side of things and the technology side of things. Um, interesting story. And, and we're, not, we're, not, we're not restricted in, in funds. We have enough funds. We acquired the land in Germany, and we're now uh, moving through the pilot plan. So for us, it's uh, business as usual. We concentrate on, on the project. Uh, the market's the market. Uh, we've got no control of that, and uh, but we 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 you know we're fully funded to 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 get this pilot plan up and running. Brilliant, Eggy. Appreciate your time today. Thanks.
Thank you for your time, Matthew.